Hi there, this is David Hayden Jones, otherwise known as Mr. Ketch on Supernatural, and you are listening to Neil Before Pod. Neil Before Blog presents Neil Before Pod. Hello, and welcome to the Neil Before Pod interview segment. I'm your host, Craig McKenzie, and first of all, I'd like to apologise in advance for the audio issues in the second half. Thankfully, these only affect me, and this interview isn't about me. Fresh off her recent stint on Supernatural, I have Vera Aviva with me, uh, talking to me today. So, hi, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. No problem, thanks for coming on. So, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm pretty good. I had uh, my one big out, big night out last night for the holidays. Um, a bunch oh, of nice. us went out, put on tuxedos and nice dresses. And so, you know, I'm kind of feeling it this morning, but <laughs> pretty happy I got to see everyone and say a cheers before the new year and the holidays kick off. So, yeah. So where was it? You went anywhere? Um, um we were in Vancouver at the moment. Um, so we went to the hotel, which it's a pretty nice place. They have a really nice um, bar up top where they put all these like fancy Christmas lights. Actually, we saw Jared getting in the elevator. Well, I say we because I'm so mad that I missed him by like 30 seconds. But my right. friends were in the elevator before me, and he was in. Jared was in the elevator, and apparently he was nice enough to take photos with fans that were getting in the elevator to go up to the restaurant. So it's pretty interesting. A little supernatural family. <laughs> yeah. yeah, shame you missed him. If only you'd met him before. You know? I know. Yeah, you know. And, <laughs> The funny thing is, like, Vancouver is a decent-sized city, but, like, I see Jensen all the time. Like, before I even got this episode, we take the same cycling class. Yeah. So I feel like, like, I just feel like I know them more than I actually do just because you <laughs> see them out and about every now and then. So, yeah, and they're just so nice. Like, as soon as you talk to them, they mm-hmm. honestly treat everyone like family. It's just really, I've never met anyone like that, like either of them. Yeah, my only interaction with them has been through videos of them at conventions and stuff, but they seem pretty switched on and they wouldn't do a show for 13 years if they didn't like it, so. Totally, yeah, yeah, but I think a lot of, not a lot, but a number of actors turn it on when they're being interviewed and stuff, and I just yeah. really think Jared and Jensen are those sweet, kind, genuine people in their core, which is really awesome, which is how they got to 13 seasons. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll definitely get on to what they're like and, and Supernatural in general. But So what are your big plans for Christmas or the holidays, as it's known, I suppose, well, across the Atlantic? Yeah, we're... Um... I keep saying we because my husband, he uh, kind of partners in crime. He works in the business also. So we are going to... Jamaica on Monday and then after that we're going on a delayed honeymoon (laughs) it's been a year and a half since we got married and we're gonna go to Africa we're gonna go to Nairobi down to Tanzania and then end in Zanzibar so I'm really excited and petrified for that because he convinced me to do a like safari camping trip but it's not glamping it's straight up bring your sleeping bag with you because all you're going to have is a tent and a sleeping bag. So um pretty excited, like really excited, but really scared. <laughs> Christmas adventure sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I'll, I'll just be sitting with the family having uh, too much to eat and too much to drink like every year. <laughs> yeah, I'm skipping that this year. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, with good reason. I mean, it does sound awesome. Yeah, it's going to be life-changing, I hope. <laughs> you think <laughs> Maybe I'll eat less and drink less after this. Well, you never know. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, obviously, this this interview is all about you. So, kind of just a bit about you. How did you get your kind of start in acting and what was it like kind of growing up wherever it was you grew up? So, just an opportunity to wax lyrical about yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, I started, I'm from a small town in British Columbia that's in Canada. um, And I like a lot of actors wanted to act since I was tiny and I used to put on plays and record movies and blah, blah, blah. But the the city that I was from, there just really wasn't like an actual film TV community. So anyways, I grew up, then I moved to Vancouver and didn't see acting as something you could really go into. Like I just kind of fell into that mindset of it's not a real career or also (laughs) Uh, like there was all those like teen beat magazines when I was growing up or like 17 magazines and it 17 magazine. And it was always an article about 
oh, I was walking down the street and I just got discovered. So I never actually saw <laughs> acting as a thing that you go after. So I started in fashion design and moved down to New York and was working there and um, met slashed ran into a lot of really famous actors because a lot of them live there and I just realized the only difference <laughs> I'd like to think the only difference between them and me is that they actually went after it and so when I got that reality check I decided to move back to Canada um paperwork reasons uh <laughs> and start acting so I started a bit later than I would have liked to but I'm so glad that I saw that it was actually something you can go after like I'm I'm just so much happier doing it than I was fooling myself that I wanted to do anything else. And of course, it, it helps that a big portion of TV shows are filmed in Canada, I would imagine. Oh, huge. Yeah. When I first started here, so Vancouver was famously known as Hollywood North and it was super busy. And the luck I had was the year that I started. <laughs> all our tax cuts or all our tax breaks got cut and oh, uh, no films left so you know it got me training for a lot of years before I actually got to work but um now it's booming probably just as much if not more than it was 10 years ago so that's really exciting like everyone here is people aren't even going to LA anymore it just doesn't seem necessary which is really exciting for Canada and um just getting to take part on these huge like Vancouver over Toronto Vancouver gets far more American productions because yeah. I live kind of between both cities and um Toronto gets more Canadian and indie productions. So in Vancouver, you're really fortunate because you can you can land a part that may have been a lot harder to get down in LA because there's just more actors there. So yeah, we feel really lucky up here. Yeah, uh, living in Edinburgh, we're starting to feel the the buzz of filming uh, big productions. You know, the, we recently had the Avengers and things, and I think Glasgow's oh, taken thing. off. Yeah. So I didn't see anything because it was all at three in the morning and things, and I tend to sleep at that time of the night, so <laughs> I didn't see anything. But um, but yeah, it was a great buzz to have it around and see the everything being built and stuff. So you know, it, it's really cool to see somewhere become somewhere else. I imagine you experience that a lot with uh, being in yeah. Canada. Yeah, totally. There's like my parents have a funny story when we visited Vancouver when we were still living in a smaller town, and they stayed at the Fairmont hotel i believe um the vancouver hotel <laughs> and they are saying oh my gosh vancouver is so beautiful there's all these flowers there's these beautiful trees it's it's january i don't know how it's so lush here because where we're from it's like a lot more snow and stuff uh and then the next day it was all gone and my mom didn't realize it was all part of a film set <laughs> like, <laughs> sometimes within your own city you get to walk into kind of a wonderland and realize it's not real like the man in a high castle films here which is a tv series about if yep. hitler won uh world war ii or if the other side won world war ii so um you have the nazi german regime on one side and then you have like the japanese side on the on the other side of america but anyways yeah you know the show but mm. there's sets here all the time and so it's all these cars from like the 1940s and it, it just looks like you just walk into a different world and you're not really walking on the set but if you look to your left they've literally created this whole other world and it's so cool and then you just go buy your groceries and you get back on with your day in 2017 <laughs> movie magic <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and so, I mean, I've seen the from your Twitter page. You do quite a bit of photography. I had a look at your page, and it looks all looks really good. I mean, I'm not an expert on photography, but um, <laughs> it does look very good. So, is that kind of a a side thing, or is it kind of you're an actor who's also a photographer, or the other way around? Yeah, it's it kind of stemmed from one uh, when I did start acting um, because it was slower. I wanted to find a different outlet or a outlet just where you're, you know, you're waiting. Like I was training a lot and I kind of fell into it where, because I had known, had knew so many actors just from taking class and stuff that I immediately became a headshot photographer quite effortlessly. Like I remember within a month of taking my first headshot of a friend, I had a full on business. So it started that way. It's just a way to like do something else and make a living where I didn't have to serve and I just love actors and I love shooting and I have that eye from kind of working in fashion for so long and in the last year and a half I've been working on a passion project called right now it's called the bang bang series but I think for an art show I have coming up I have to change it to point and shoot but anyways basically for the last year I've 
tried to take less portraits and do more art photography, um, which has been so, so nice because it's been busier with acting that I've been able to like work on a job and then have a couple of weeks off and then get to just do art rather than have to do anything else, if that makes sense. <laughs> so you're kept creatively satisfied. so it's been- Yes, right now, oh my gosh, I'm like, please, 2018, don't change. It's been the like, absolute perfect balance this year. It's been so wonderful. I'll, I'll definitely put a link to your uh, to your page in the in the show notes so that people can have a look. But um, yeah, it's, it's really impressive stuff. And it's, it's good that, you know, you can diversify and can find time for different things because so many people just can't or... Um, totally, yeah. Yeah. So what else do you enjoy doing when you're not working? So not photography then, you know, if that's... I've really... So last year, my goal was, and for some people, this might seem so weak, but my goal was to read a book a month. I love reading, but Mm -hmm. I find that's one thing that I never allow myself to do because everything else seems more important. And even if that's just pressing refresh on my Instagram page, like the amount of time that you waste, like I'll go on social media cleanses every now and then about two, three times a year, and I can read three books in a month. Whereas when I'm kind of getting caught up on social media, I I really struggle to do one a month. But anyways, that's what I really like doing with my spare time or like getting a newspaper on Sunday and being super old school with a cup of coffee and reading it in bed. And that would, that's probably my biggest enjoyment slash goal to achieve more of. Um, and then probably like a lot of people, I, I love working out, uh, which is why I see Jensen all the time. <laughs> I love going for hikes. Like I, I just love being active. Um, yeah. Uh, those would probably be my, my two things. Trying to be a painter, but uh, only ever picked up a paintbrush <laughs> probably twice. <laughs> I bought the supplies. I'm too scared to use Yeah. It. <laughs> Start with the, the paint by number sets and then go from there. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> It's not. I, I shouldn't be asked for tips on how to do art. I just shouldn't be. No, I'm going to give you a big thank you when I become <laughs> a painter. Yeah, well, maybe that'll be how you just got into the swing of it, yeah? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so any particular genre of books that you enjoy or just whatever you can get your hands on? I really love biographies and memoirs. Um, one thing that I'm into right now, and mostly it's just, I, I just always had a fascination with artists and I don't know if it's because I sometimes question if I'm a real artist or not like I'm just really fascinated with you know whether it's da Vinci or Picasso um, the whole mindset of an artist and the drive it takes and the insanity that kind of goes along with it so I've been reading a lot of um, memoirs and stuff on Picasso for instance from like all the women like a couple of the women that he dated uh, <laughs> slash married slash had affairs with slash had kids with but didn't marry um kept journals while they were with him and um there's a couple of books I just it's just so fascinating and how he started from nothing and living in a basement with rats around him or not a basement but like um an art studio on the ground floor in the middle of Paris and there's just rats around him they didn't have food and then how it grew how his how his success grew and so stuff like that and Peggy Guggenheim um there's a book on her called confessions of an art addict that I'm in the middle of. So those are my favorite books right now. Uh, I really should read more fiction, but I always think I'm like, it's a guilty pleasure. I don't know why I I need to learn. So, uh, yeah, (laughs) 2018 goal. (laughs) All sorts of 2018 goals, reading, reading more fiction, less, less nonfiction. I'm just so cool. (laughs) My goals. (laughs) Well, make them achievable, and then you know you don't feel bad when you don't True. achieve what the the impossible kind of ones. So, True. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, instead of you know uh, abandoning New Year's resolutions within a week or whatever else, you know, it's, that all sounds pretty achievable stuff. So, yeah, well, I hope so. Let's yeah. do another interview in a year. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, when it comes to TV shows, I mean, obviously you've appeared in quite a few. Uh, do you follow any, or do you not have time, or is there kind of any that you drop in and out of as you're as you're traveling around? I have, like, I like to get in on 
binge watching of a show. So there's usually every couple of months I get time where like there's a weekend where I don't have to do anything and I'll just try and catch up on something but it's hard like to do it as a regular like I don't even know how many people really watch except for the supernatural fans which are so amazing like they <laughs> they actually watch the series as the episode comes out and I don't know how many people really do that anymore but for other for other tv shows but I really like um there's the fall which Oh, I think it's filmed in Ireland, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, with Gillian Anderson, which is amazing. And The Affair is so good. Uh, I mean, like everyone else, I got stuck on Breaking Bad. I, I, it was really hard for me to get into another series after Breaking Bad, which was years ago. Because <laughs> yeah. it was like, I, I think it is probably the closest it can feel to doing drugs without doing drugs because you can't like you had such an adrenaline high with every episode. So any series I watched after that, fell flat so I took a couple of years off of series. Um yeah, those would probably be my my main shows. I kinda started watching Fuller House. Like if I do that, that like you know you're like you make yourself lunch and you just need a yeah. minute to shut your brain off. I'll just put on an episode of Fuller House and it's like tapping into an old family I had. <laughs> you were a fan of the original then? I mean I'm a fan of, you know, from when I was the six year old watching it. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. So it's kind of like Friends, where you can pick up, watch any episode of Friends, doesn't yeah. matter what episode it is, and you're kind of locked in. And so I find, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this on a blog, but yeah, I find that with Fuller House, I can do that. You know, just that like empty your brain, zone out, and then. Yeah, everyone has a, a guilty pleasure. I've got things that I watch while I'm writing and things because I don't have to pay attention to them. But, yeah. Um, it can be cathartic doing that, just having something on as kind of white noise in the background. So I totally That's get totally that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment That's how you watch Fuller House too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually, but I, I never really watched the original, so there's it's not oh, for okay. me, I don't think. But Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I'm all for nostalgia. You know, I can be nostalgic about various things. Uh, yeah. Power Rangers, for instance, I was right there for the, the film during the summer. Or the, oh, the cool. Summer. Yeah. That's so cool. That was my childhood, watching Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when it comes to movies, uh, obviously being an actor, I imagine you don't have an awful lot of time to get to the cinema. But um, is there any kind of ones that you would be your highlights this year or ones that you're looking forward to maybe in the next year? Yeah, I just watched The Florida Project, which is amazing. I don't know if you know what it is. It's an indie. Yeah, yeah you know what it is. Okay. Um, a limited but... piece over here, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, it got a little bit at least in Canada also, and um, it did the the, um, the film festival circuit and whatnot, so I just wasn't sure how far it went, but yeah, I think it's pretty successful. It's going everywhere. I loved that film. That was just fantastic. Yeah, the first couple of minutes of that movie, I was thinking like, oh my gosh, these kids are such assholes like how am I going to watch a whole movie with them and you just fall in love with them and you just let you root for these kids and you you kind of takes you back to being a kid and it's just so wonderful and then with a bigger story being told which I always appreciate that um it's funny I just re okay I watched the big sick in mm -hmm. theaters yeah and I remember laughing and being like, oh my gosh I'm so glad I I never would have watched the movie because I thought it was going to have like a cliche kind of storyline and so when I watched it the first time I was laughing so hard in the theater I was like what the heck I'm so glad my friend brought me to this movie but I just watched it again two nights ago because I told my husband he should really watch it and I'm like wait a second <laughs> is that cliche Hollywood movie where like <laughs> I don't want to put any spoilers and you know I don't want to say anything because people haven't watched it but like I didn't laugh once so anyways I don't think that would be one of my highlights um <laughs> Never what? revisit a comedy. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's it. Because the jokes <laughs> weren't timeless enough to make you laugh two times. Yeah. But yeah. I, I watched a couple of others. Now I can't even remember. I mean, it was amazing. Almost the same thing with those kids of like, I didn't even care that it wasn't as scary as it was. I expected it to be. Like, I just thoroughly enjoyed the performance and kind of the 80s throwback feeling. That was a really good film. Uh, Gosh, I'm totally blanking. Yeah. I feel like I watched a lot of movies this year and I can't even think. They were. Just, yeah. wash, just washing over you, is that what it is? Yeah, you know, the night that I had last night might be affecting. 
process right now. Killed a few brain cells. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I have to ask, you starred in a movie where Michael J. Fox voices an experimental dog. Uh, I'll confess, I haven't actually seen it, but I do like uh, Michael J. Fox. It was called Archie. So um, did you actually get to work with him at all or did he do all his stuff later? Did he come and record it all at the end kind of thing? And there's a sequel Um, due out quite soon, I think, from what I can see. That's right. Yeah. So my husband actually wrote and directed those films. Um, So I did. uh, So he wasn't there for filming because he just did all his voiceover stuff um, afterwards in New York. But I was lucky enough to go the first time and meet him. Uh, And he is absolutely wonderful. And okay, so like the story behind it. When I first met him, sometimes when I meet, and I definitely did this with Jared and Jensen, like, I'm, I'm like, well, I don't get starstruck with anyone. Like, I'm super cool. I'm super chill. But really what winds up happening is I get shy and I mask it with just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm one of you, which is so not the truth. Like, I just try to be like, yeah, cool. Yeah, like, no big deal. And I think I kind of come across sometimes as like, everyone says I don't, but I feel like I'm uh, cold. Like, so with... <laughs> With Michael J. Fox, all I wanted to do when I met him, and same thing, I actually just did a, a movie with Johnny Depp, and I wanted to be like, I love you. Like, I grew up watching everything you did. Like, you're the most amazing person. But instead, I'm like, hey, I'm Farah. Cool, cool. So, <laughs> you know, how's your day? Like, so stupid. So anyways, when I worked with Michael J. Fox the first time, um, he was so personable. He was so good at what he did. Um I'm trying to think like how deep into a story I should get into. Like, I mean, when he, I just don't know how much (laughs) it's like, okay to say, Oh gosh, I'm so weird with these things. Like what, what would be what? Oh God. Brain work with me. Okay. So basically when Michael J. Fox first came in, uh, he obviously is working through his Parkinson's right and it's like evidently there and so when he first came in um his medicine was still kicking in and he was just really open about it he just said hey guys like I just need 10 minutes better to work through chemistry meaning you know I'd rather work through this with you guys and whatever so he took 10 minutes and he came with his nurse and uh when we started working we had him scheduled for four hours which we were like gosh i don't know can you do the whole movie in four hours he finished it in under two hours he made jokes the whole time he had actually read the script before coming which i don't know if that's necessarily the norm but he had questions about it he had great feedback about it like he really cared he like did his homework you think someone at his level would be like oh yeah i've got to go pop in and do this voiceover thing I'll, i'll wing it but he was just so professional and sweet and he wanted to work like for robin um my husband michael j fox is one of his biggest idols and so he was i think it 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 might have been hard for Robin at first to give him direction. You know, like you don't want to tell someone how to do their job when they're supposed to be the best at what they do. But Michael J. Fox was like, please like give me direction. Like I'd love to hear like, this is just what I'm doing. So they created this really great working relationship through that. Um, and I mean, he was, he was great. Like when the second film came around, we asked if he would do it again. And he luckily said yes again. And I was so stoked. I was so happy to get to do it. Uh, I was going to go back to New York. I booked my ticket. Um, I was going to make up for not being as like friendly as I wanted to be. Because when I met him, he would, he would like, he winked at me and he was like, you know, like he's being playful and everything, but I literally just went like stone cold or he made jokes in the booth about Farrah Fawcett and me. And like, he was being like so (laughs) friendly, but I I was just frozen. I was like, yeah, (laughs) like I just, anyways, I wanted to make up for that. And then, uh, I last minute had to cancel my trip to New York. And I think it's because of supernatural. I think that's why I didn't, make it to New York in the end. I'm really, I can't remember, or maybe it was a Christmas movie, but anyway, so my husband went and he said that he was just the same, just like really awesome stand up guy. Cool. So. Yeah. So um, 
I guess a lot of the experience would have been other people just talking to a dog and imagining Michael J. Fox talking back. But uh, since you got to meet him, that's um, you know, that's great. I mean, uh, yeah, I've always yeah. admired the guy, so um, I would love oh, to. Oh, he's so awesome. Be in the same room as him someday. Yeah, he's so awesome. And it, so, what was it like working on the sequel compared to the the first one? The sequel was so much fun because we got to cast a lot of our friends in the second one and it um takes place around a circus uh so a lot of our friends are really good comedy actors and stuff so we they got to just robin was able to create really great roles for all of them and it was just like a bunch of adults acting like kids where they were all circus characters i play more of the villain in the movie so the second one i had a smaller part because um it just didn't center around me as yeah. much as the first one did so I got to just I, I hung out on set and I got to do the stills and be there while everyone was filming and it's just like the dream we just keep saying like if if this is what we could do for the rest of our lives we'd be so happy to do what you want to do and get to do it with your friends there's just nothing like it it was really a special experience cool that sounds good I will um I will have a look at that film at some point uh, if I can ever get a hold of it I don't know where <laughs> <laughs> it's Gosh. possible to do so, but yeah, that is a good question. Actually, I wonder if I wonder where you get it right now. I don't know if it's on Netflix, huh? I'll see if I can find out for you, and I can cool. send you uh, yeah. a note. Yeah, it, yeah. If it's uh, if it is on Netflix, it almost guaranteed not to be on the UK one. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a shame. It's a shame being in the UK with the. Lesser Netflix than some of the other. Yeah, but areas. Canada has it over like the U.S. What you get on like the Canadian Netflix versus the U.S. Netflix is really different. Also, it's yeah, really, you know, yeah. yeah, we it's want it all. <laughs> we do too much TV to watch. Maybe it's a blessing in disguise. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, so your your work on TV. Um, you've appeared on a couple of my favorite TV shows. Actually, uh, I Zombie being one of them. I thought uh, I've always loved that show. So what was that like? What's the, what's the iZombie set like? I uh, interviewed Malcolm Goodwin a couple of years ago, and he was uh, he was great. Oh, great, great. So working on iZombie uh, was probably one series that I like, it was working at such a fast pace because the location that we had um, was for a really limited amount of time. So with a lot of shows between takes you usually kind of talk to the main cast or, you know you're, you're always hanging out in the same green room but I remember with uh, this one location we just didn't really have that much time so I was working mostly with Malcolm uh, in that scene Rose was there but when she was in my scenes like she's really far on the other side so I never even really got to talk to her like we just said hi at one point and I remember working with Malcolm and being so shocked at how quiet he spoke so like I felt like our scenes I thought I was going to have to go back in and do ADR because I felt like we were really just talking like this the whole time <laughs> and it's funny that when you watch the show it's not like that at all I mean I guess on the show he does have pretty quiet speech but like you can hear him but in, in real life I was like wait did he say his line and so that was kind of my only eye zombie experience and then Marzi she's done about five episodes the director she was so enthusiastic to work with she just was like the type of person that was almost jumping up and down behind the monitor between takes and like just running around I remember thinking she's probably losing so much weight directing because she just had so much energy all the time but yeah that was one one episode one series that um just because of location and and time constraints we didn't have the same amount of time but I did know some of the actors in it like a lot of like the guy uh, James Neat, who uh, is the yoga instructor that gets smashed over the head. He, I know him from the acting community and this other guy, um, oh gosh, I'm blanking on his name now. Uh, gosh, this other guy I've known for years. So it, and we studied together. So it was kind of nice because even though we didn't get to talk to the main cast much, we kind of had our own little tight crew of people where it felt like we all knew each other. So yeah, that was kind of yeah, but everyone else that works that's worked on iZombie has great things to say about the cast. Um, yeah. So it was like the, the sort of guest star um, crew, so to speak. Totally, yeah. Just the way like the way my scenes 
were like and, and just the timing like it's funny because it's like between takes you're literally like already setting up the next one and doing marks there just wasn't a lot of waiting around time which is also really nice as an actor because sometimes you're you're sitting and waiting hours before you do anything and I remember in that show it's like every second we were we were doing something waiting um, the food table yeah <laughs> didn't have time <laughs> yes. well from what I've heard about craft services on film and TV sets that, that can be a bit of a shame amazing i know it's really amazing i don't know how i don't know how people stay so in shape if you're working on a show full-time because the food is endless and there's like there's union rules like there needs to be food like hot food coming by every three hours uh on top of the massive food table that they have set up with fresh sandwiches constantly putting being put out and then they have a massive lunch and breakfast buffet it's crazy it's so much food but i think it's really for the crew because they work so hard (laughs) fair enough um, you were also in Lucifer, which is another show I love. Uh, was the was sort of experience similar there with tight time constraints, or was there more um, was uh, there more lead time on that one just to kind of chill one, out? Yeah, that one felt like it was again same thing location, but just the way it was between takes, I guess, is what it is. Like you have more time to talk between takes. That was an interesting episode because I auditioned for it and. Uh, I didn't see at the bottom. So when they give you your side, sometimes they cross out parts that you don't need to pay attention to. And sometimes they black it out completely because they don't want spoilers getting leaked. And so you really just have your scene, like, and some of that's even blacked out. But anyways, I didn't notice it until after I had booked it that it says um, that I'm supposed to make out with Leslie Ann, Leslie Ann's character, because she has that, like, evil power. uh, She's a kind of how would you say her character? I was going to say, like, she's kind of a sex addict in the show with her. We'll, we'll say she's seductive. Let's she's go for seductive. It. Thank you. That sounds a lot better. Oh, my God. What is um, anyway, um, so I read that after. And I was like, oh, gosh, I didn't even realize. Okay. So then, anyways, I go to set. It's always interesting meeting someone when you're like, yeah, we're going to be making out later. So we did the scene. We did plenty of takes of it. It was at the end of the night. Like, I think we did, like, a... 13 hour day and they filmed that at the very end of it so it was like 1am when we're doing it and they ended up cutting it out of the actual episode <laughs> like I think that I had some um, friends in that episode as well and their stuff got cut completely like I think it was one of those cases where they had too much material to fit in the amount of time but that was really funny with Lucifer so it's like this random scene that we had to film that I didn't even know I had to film until after I booked it and then it never even got seen in the end so <laughs> anyway I did get to kiss Leslie Ann and that was a very interesting experience <laughs> she's very different to her Lucifer character in real life and obviously I don't expect that she's quite so demonic in, in real life no no yeah and they all left Lucifer left Vancouver they're back down in LA now so I got to do one of the last episodes before they went back down because I think the Fox lot down in LA had an opening because some show got canceled. And anyway, so they're gone now. I feel grateful that I got to get on it. Yeah, I wasn't aware they actually ever filmed in Vancouver, but then um, I suppose they mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how they fake that. They, they must do a lot of exteriors yeah. uh, and patch it in with the episode. But yeah, they did a, I think two seasons up here, at least one, but I think it was two seasons. I don't know how they cheat that. Like Vancouver is just the rainiest, depressing city for most of the year. No yeah. palm trees anywhere. <laughs> it's all sunny in most of the Lucifer scenes. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. So was was there much interaction with Tom Ellis himself? I mean, as as a leader, I imagine he was around quite a lot. No, he wasn't even there the day. Oh. oh. Yeah, I didn't even get to meet him. Which... I've always wondered what he's like outside of that character. I've never seen him do anything outside of it. So. My friend is standing on that show, and he said he was awesome, and they're pretty buddy buddy, and he seems really supportive and. I mean, yeah, I don't have any personal stories because he wasn't—he wasn't there. But I mean, like you, have, you have footage of you kissing Leslie Ann Brown that no one will ever see. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's somewhere like it might come out one day. I don't know, but it was—it <laughs> was pretty funny. It was pretty like I find kissing on TV the most awkward. Like, there, I have like a funny Johnny Depp story about kissing because 
Okay, so I had to kiss Leslie, and I had to do this other film called Welcome to Nowhere, right? I kiss another actor named Maddie Finocchio. And in both of those scenes, it's like a really passionate, they grab me, and it's like full force. And what happens when you kiss on TV is like, one, it's supposed to be like soft, you don't use tongue, all that stuff, right? But like when something is coming right at your face, the way it was happening to me, I got like, like you're, you kind of protect your face. It's almost like a baseball coming at you. And so I remember doing scenes with both uh, Leslie Ann and Maddie Finocchio and, and after the first couple takes being like, oh my gosh, relax your lips. Like you're like, it's like really like, I felt like it was like such a like teeth hitting teeth kind of thing. And it's so awkward, like the clinking. So then after my experience of doing that with Leslie Ann, I did a movie with like just a small part, but with Johnny Depp and same thing, his character grabs me and kisses me and I remember being like Sarah like all day I was preparing I was like soft lips like I don't want to kiss Johnny Depp and have this experience of him hitting my teeth like be a soft kisser be a soft kisser and so then um in the movie my character is supposed to be resisting him because I don't like him and uh anyway I did it and I guess I made the kiss a bit too soft that the director afterwards had to come up to me and be like great yeah we just need you to resist Johnny Depp a little bit more and I was like oh god so awkward and then the next take I was like okay be like you know resist him resist him and then I did like really tight like I'm supposed to be a prude so I was like you know doing like kind of trying to resist him and so I had like more of the, the tighter tighter lips and then Johnny decided to use his tongue in that take and then I was like oh my god you idiot like Johnny's using his tongue and now you just like hit your teeth and I was like it's the worst like I, I would be happy if I never had to kiss anyone on television again it's like the most unnatural thing in the whole world with a room full of people sort of watching totally. you in the camera. yeah yeah like the real movie magic is the actors who can make it look so nice and sensual <laughs> there's a there's a little bit of behind the scenes uh stuff for, for any listeners, so thanks for that. <laughs> no problem. So I see you did a, a TV show that you uh, that you also wrote. Uh, what was oh, it like yeah. kind of performing the words that you wrote? Was there any kind of, um, I don't know, was there any kind of moment where you, where you listened or where you were saying the dialogue and thinking, did I write this? Or, oh my God, I wrote this, you know, something like that. Yeah, I mean, the upside to when you're writing it is you kind of have the freedom on the spot to kind of ad-lib and, and change it if need be. I find writing isn't my strength for film and TV. Or, like, I, I, uh, I just don't have a lot of practice with it, but the series relationship is, like, very comedy-driven uh, just by the name. It's just all the stuff that goes on in a relationship that can be kind of shitty but comical and just a bit too truthful so we tried to create a, a series that was um just playing and all those things the weird thing about your writing is you wonder whether or not you're writing it as funny as you feel the situation can be and what was so awesome about that experience was then getting the reactions from people and then being, Oh my gosh, that joke actually did land or that did actually work. And it, you, you feel really empowered and it's exciting um, in a different way than if you were just the actor saying the lines, you know, cause there's a bit more of a responsibility if you're the writer and the actor, uh, just no one else to blame it on if it's not funny. <laughs> uh, cause if you're the actor, you can blame it on the writer. If you're the writer, you can blame it on the actor. Uh, but that was a really cool experience. But my husband, uh, he wrote it with me and he's, he's kind of born to be a writer. He's like really good at that stuff. So I definitely had some, some help with it. Um, yeah. Pretty yeah, com interesting. Comedy more so than anything else will be more subjective because different totally. people like different things. So yeah, it's, it's a tough totally. One with comedy, you don't want to spell it out. Like you don't want to like. It's kind of the less you say, the funnier it is if you can show it. But yet you have to have some dialogue in there to make it work. And yeah, comedy is really interesting. Um, so you've you've dabbled in a bit of everything, really, um, writing, you know, um, acting, all that stuff. So good to be an all rounder, I would say. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, um, so you were also in Bates Motel as receptionist or your IMDb page. So um, that must have been an interesting role because that's kind of someone who sees everything that can be quiet about it, I suppose. Uh, or is that the way you saw it? Or is it well, 
<laughs> Bates Motel, it's really interesting uh, how that came about that I got that part. So basically, um, this other actress, Aaliyah O'Brien in town, she was the receptionist named Regina. Uh, she did multiple episodes. And what happened was she booked, she had a, um, a contract conflict where she needed to be filming this other cop show called Rookie Blue in Toronto. And anyway, scheduling wise, she wasn't able to do a few episodes. And so they held like a last minute panic audition session and this is before the series was even out there wasn't even a trailer yet or anything to like go off of and so anyways I auditioned for it um remember leaving the audition and I didn't know the story behind I shouldn't have said the whole like build up to that someone else was already cast to do this part but anyway pretend I didn't say that part yet so I get this audition for Base Motel I'm so excited it's uh a possible recurring role it's a cool role like I'm you know you start thinking like where it could go and all that stuff I leave the audition and I'm, I start bawling. I go down to a coffee shop and I'm just like crying. Cause I said, I thought to myself, I've never done such a bad audition in my life. I couldn't even get the lines out. Like I had to look at my paper in the audition. Like it was one of those things where you just felt like you had no control whatsoever. And I was one of those moments where you're like, what are you doing with your life? Like you can't even do this. <laughs> and then, um, I think it was that afternoon I got the call that I booked it and it was going to be at least three episodes and I just died I was like what I got so excited um I love Vera Farmiga like she's my girl crush I just think she's the most fantastic actress human like there's just something so special about her so I was really excited to get to work with her but I had no idea what the tone of the show was like you know it's Bates Motel you like I have an idea but like at that point you don't know is it campy is it dark is it like where are they going with it and so I get to set the very next day because it was such a rush thing. Uh, it was the first scene of, no, sorry, it was the first shot of the day. And what they did was they filmed all, I actually only did two episodes. And then on the spot they go, okay, can you do this third episode? We're just going to use like your voiceover for it. Can you just do these lines or whatever? So anyways, on the spot I did three episodes, which is really just like three small scenes, one in each episode, um, in probably like 45 minutes. And I'm thinking, you know, it's a drama, which it is, but I was going off of Vera and she had really like, like a lot of big expressions. And then, so I was like, Oh my gosh, am I totally missing the tone of this? And the director kept giving me redirection after redirection. And I was like, Oh my God, what is happening? Like, I don't even, <laughs> I don't even under, like it's, it was the most quick thing to do. And like not even knowing what the tone of the show was. And then, um, I found out what the situation was with Leo O'Brien and that's why they had to like get someone in there so quick to do the episodes that she wasn't able to do. And so I even kept flip flopping us being like, my character's name was Regina. Hers was one was receptionist. Anyways, that's how the whole situation went. But I always find that so interesting with them um, film and TV. Cause like you can get a call the next day and be on set the same day sometimes. And yeah, but <laughs> last minute production problems get you in the door and then that's it. Yeah, 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 totally. But I, I just love, I love Vera. She cared so much about her work. Like that was one set, even though I filmed my part so quickly, we had a lot of time in the green room and she was just doing script analysis, analysis, like crazy with her, the other actors in the show. Like she just cared so much. The only other person I worked with where I've seen that is Johnny Depp, where it's like, they're, they're not fluking it. They're not like, they are putting in some hard hours and a lot of thought into everything they do. And I love that so much. And it seems that sort of a lot of genre TV you find yourself on. Is that a particular interest or is that just where the, when the phone's ringing kind of thing? It's so funny because I somehow have gotten into like doing really character roles and I don't even have comedy training. Like when people go, what's your dream role? I'm like, I would love to play a doctor. Like I would love to play like something really serious, but somehow I keep doing these comedy character roles, which I absolutely love now, but it's never what I expected to do. And I don't know if it's cause I have a funny look or what, but like they just keep coming. Like the weirder the character breakdown is, the more likely I'm going to book it. Like, if they want, like, something... Like, I can cry on the spot. I can do all those things. But, like, I never get those roles. Like, I'm always, like, the quirky oddball. Um, so, But I love it. Like, it's so free. You get to just kind of remove your 
yourself and you can't take anything you're doing too seriously because the character is just uh, bigger than life a lot of the times. So, yeah. Of course, onto Supernatural now. Uh, you were mostly terrified in the scenes you were in in the most recent episode you appeared in. I mean, you've appeared twice, once as Psycho Ghost, which is yeah, a great thing to be. You know. um, <laughs> was it that someone in the casting department remembered you from, was it five years ago, and uh, and, and asked you to come back, or is it just kind of a... No, I wish. Oh. I wish that was the case. No, um, when I did Psycho Ghost, it was funny, when I went to audition for it, it said several scenes um it wasn't a guest star but i guess like my the psycho ghost was supposed to be sprinkled throughout this like it was a big mansion when that was haunted and i guess maybe originally my character was supposed to like go through like just be seen in a lot of the scenes and i was really new to acting it was one of like one of my first bookings and um when I finally got the script from production, I read it and I was so excited. Again, like sometimes you get like, you, you think things are bigger than they are. <laughs> Maybe that's just my habit. But I remember reading the whole script. I was in a food court. And I was like so excited I couldn't even eat my food. And I, I didn't see my character anywhere. And I was like, oh my gosh, they must have given me the wrong episode. And I'm like, this is so weird. And I look and I'm like, no, this is the one I booked. And I had to read the script three times before I saw the like three sentences that referred to my character in the <laughs> stage directions. And then when I got to set, um, really all that winds up getting, all I did was like scream into the camera. It was really funny. It's like funny how it just, like the industry is just so crazy. So no, no one remembered me whatsoever. But uh, what happens with shows is like, I think there's like a five year turnaround. So if you were at a show over five years ago, they're allowed to reuse the actors. And so I just kept waiting for season 12. Cause I think I did <laughs> seven Oh nine or something. Seven, episode nine in season seven. So I kept waiting for like the five year mark to pass. And then I was so excited cause I got to audition for supernatural a few times. Um, I know one of the producers on there because <laughs> Uh, he lives in Vancouver, um, Jim Michaels. He's awesome. He's always been really supportive of my career. And I'm so he might have, I mean, he knows who I am, but like he didn't call me in for the audition and I didn't even get to audition for that one in person. Cause I was filming, um, actually Archie two in Regina. So I put it on tape, uh, and hopefully now they'll remember me because now it's a bigger part. That's probably the only part I've ever played that was not as character like where it's actually a bit more serious. Uh, and I would love to play Daniela more. I just love the aspect that the boys have to team up with a witch and that there's kind of like a favor owed to one another because of what happened in that episode. So hopefully she'll come back. Like the, the director, um, Richard, was he's really awesome. And, um, you know, he's been on the show a lot himself and the whole thing was to make sure like like my character doesn't die and let's make sure we play her in a way where like it, she can possibly come back but like they haven't said anything so who knows i mean i'm happy enough to have done what i did but well i'm not sure death isn't a deal breaker either so <laughs> that's true yeah 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 that's um, true but no I, th I thought you did a really good job in, in that episode um you know it, it must be I don't know how daunting it is to spend most of your scenes with, with the two of them, but certainly it's, I mean, it was a good chunk of the episode, so uh, you know, I thought you did really well bouncing off the other two. As I said in my review, you know, you, um, it, was, it was a really good kind of back and forth that you had with, with uh, Jared and Jensen, so yeah, I enjoyed those scenes yeah. a lot. Yeah, thank you. I uh, prepared her a lot more vulnerable, like the breakdown was saying like she nervously approaches the boys and whatnot, and yeah. when I did the audition. I did her a, a, a bit more like just so like showing how scared she was. But when we, when I got to set, we decided to kind of make her have more of a backbone um, of like, listen, I know you don't like me and I don't like you, but we need to deal with this. And when Richard gave me that note, everything just kind of fell into place. Like there's, because I think that is what would happen in real life. Like no matter how scared you are with anything, it's like, if you're going to put yourself in a vulnerable situation, you're going to pretend you're okay with it. And so I love that there was that layer underneath of her being just so scared that anything, like I could either get killed by the serial killer or the hunters could <laughs> want to finish me off, but that you have, that I had to kind of hide that and work with them. It was really cool. Yeah. Was there any time with David Hayden Jones as well? I know he only kind of showed up to, um, to try and kill you. But, I know. Uh, so mean. Just, yeah. Uh, I interviewed him about a year ago or something like that. So, uh, you know, he was, he was a good, 
good guy to talk to, and it's good that yeah, the dodge dance as well. I know, and he's like, he's like, they just keep calling me back. Like, I don't know, he's in a lot of episodes now. He, I didn't get to meet him until the very end of the night. So on my Twitter, I had posted a video of me looking at the monitor, and there's like his machine gun. If it's a machine gun, his automatic weapon uh firing in the house and I wasn't in there at the time I was waiting like I hadn't even met him yet but I saw that scene happening um I met him after that like we probably only interacted for like 30 minutes the rest of everything else was with um Jared and Jensen but he was so lovely and like when I met him it was already probably midnight and he was just it's like he had like three cups of coffee he was so energetic a lot of like he was just really personal and fun and he was like for someone to leave that kind of an impression in such a short amount of time, you go, I know why they bring him back all the time. Like he's just such a cool person to be around and a fantastic actor. He, like, he's great for that part. Um, so yeah, he's, he's good. Yeah, well, fingers crossed you get to come back and the spinoff is still on the cards. So that's um, true. There as well, it's an all female spinoff, I believe, as far as I'm, as far as I'm aware. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Brianna Buckmaster, she's, uh, I know her, like I've photographed her a few times and, you know, she's from Vancouver. So I've heard about the show a bit through her cause they've filmed it now. They filmed the pilot and, uh, I guess they're just going to wait and see what happens, but that'd be so cool if they got the, if the spinoff took off and gets picked up properly. It's got a better chance considering it's characters that people actually like rather than totally thing they tried to do before. Yeah, yeah. totally. So, uh, Fingers crossed. Uh, we'll see we'll see your character again. Yeah. yeah. Wait around long enough, and they reuse characters all the time. You know, with uh, season fifteen or something like that. They'll, they'll have yeah, to totally. Wait a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fingers so, crossed. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you you said earlier about Jared and Jensen. They were very kind of they're, they're very on all the time and all that kind of stuff. Did they play any pranks on you? I know David said last year that he um, had a few pranks played on him. No, I was saved from that. I, I, I didn't get any pranks played on me, but like, they're, they're like, literally, like, I'm more of a what if actor. So like, I kind of, it's not method, but like, if I have to play emotional scenes, I like to kind of be in that zone before they yell action, just because I feel like it's just safety that I'll actually be there yeah. and I don't have to phone it in. But with those guys, like, you can't, like, they're making jokes every second or like there's like full on in conversation and the second action is yelled they snap right into character and so I had to quickly be like whoa okay yeah I gotta like get to I gotta do what they're doing like I couldn't be like guys don't talk to me I want to be in the zone it's not even like my character needed that kind of prep but like so I remember (laughs) the first take when they said action uh I let them into the house and I'm like fair just cool like you're in the zone you're in the zone and they had a sandbag to stop the door so I didn't open it too wide but no one told me that so we're walking into the house I like whip the door open and it bounces back and almost hits me in the head and so they're laughing at me for that and then the second take I come into the house and I'm like just be cool like just you know no problem be chill and then um they I opened the door and this time they moved the sandbag and they didn't tell me and so Jared goes you live here and I go, yeah, and I trip over the sandbag and almost fall. And so they kept making fun of me of that. Like, you don't even know, like, this is supposed to be your house and you don't even know how to open the door or where anything is and you're falling over stuff. So that was kind of an ongoing banter situation. But, no, I got I got saved from the pranks. I'm actually kind of <laughs> relieved about it. <laughs> next time. They'll get you next time. They're planning I it know. Yeah. yeah, they're totally planning <laughs> it now. <laughs> yeah, um, a friend asked me to to ask if Jared is just as huge as he appears on TV in in real life, or if the if there's the cameras kind of adding height and whatever. No, he's really tall. Like <laughs> he's really he's really. I think Jensen is really tall, and he looks small compared to Jared. Like I yeah. remember the first time, the first. I'm like a bit too honest about things that go into my head, but like the first time I bumped into Jensen at um, the spin studio that we do, I wasn't cast in Supernatural, but I knew who he was from like the past episode and I didn't want to say hi to him because he wouldn't remember, you know, like it was so long ago and all that. But I remember being on my spin bike and you can see yourselves in the mirror and I would look at myself compared to 
Jensen. And I'd be like, wow, they would never cast me to be like his love interest on the show because like his head size compared to my head size. I just remember being like, wow, like I'll never be on Supernatural. Not that there was ever a chance that I'd be his love interest. But I remember that being a thought. And I told my friends about it and they all thought I was nuts. But like they're like they're big guys. And then Jared compared to Jensen is even bigger. So, yeah, they're like they're they're built. Aaron's the name Moose, as Crowley used to call him when he was still alive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool, though. Um, sounds like you had a great time on set, and, you know, you've got a character who survived, so uh, can come yeah. back. You never alive. know you need some magic done to solve a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so what are your kind of plans for the future in terms of acting or anything else, really? And is there anything else, anything you'd really like to appear on? I know you said as a doctor, but a doctor in <laughs> You know. Yeah, kind of a big thing. Uh, my plan is my husband and I want to create more of our own things, and he's been doing a lot of writing and directing, and he's he's in the middle of writing um, an independent feature that would be more, like the things that he's done in the past have been a few kid, kid films and uh, one kind of romantic comedy, but now he's in the middle of writing uh a couple of his like passion projects because those past projects were things that he was hired to write, but now he's writing something for himself and we're working on that together. And I would love to continue getting experience on that side of the camera, just to have a bit of control. Um, he's dual. So he's American and Canadian. And now that we're married, I just, set up for my green card paperwork. I just put it in about a couple of weeks ago. Okay. So I think we're going to maybe spend, he spends a decent amount of time in LA already, but when I go, um, I try to keep it short just cause I can't work there. But I think that we've made the decision that if, especially if we're making our own things, we need to be down there a bit more. I mean, that's just where everything happens. Um, so that's an interesting, I don't like my, what my normal answer would be is like, oh, I hope to book a series and I want to do this and I want to work on this project. But right now I'm kind of protecting myself because LA, I don't know what to expect. So right now I'm, I'm, it's when you start in a new city, you have to meet casting all over again and that can take years. So I'm kind of preparing myself for that, that I don't even want to like say I have goals. I'm just kind of wanting to work more on the back end in case we do make the move down to LA. Like, I just don't know. It could either like take off and go amazing, but I'm kind of preparing myself for nobody knowing who I am yet. You know, having to just like make a name for yeah. yourself again in a new city. So, yeah. Well, being on a CW show won't hurt, I would imagine, because they, they seem to recycle actors quite a lot between all their various shows. Totally. I watch yeah. quite a lot of them, and it's like, oh, it's that guy, or it's her. You know, I see that all the time. Yeah, time. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's good. Once you get in with CW, um, it's easier to get rehired by them. There is a thing with CW where they don't want to hire you too close to having just done another CW thing because they don't want the episodes kind of airing at the same time. Yeah. So they don't want exactly what you just called out, like, hey, that guy was just in this. Like, they don't want to make it look like they're pulling from a limited amount of actors or anything like that, but there is like once you're in with CW, it's it's pretty good because you've already been approved by the network, so it's easier to keep getting approved by them. Unless you do something horrible on set and they never want to work with you again. <laughs> it sounds like you didn't do so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I decided not to tell you about it in my blog. <laughs> well, that's, that's, yeah, um, we only get some exclusives over here. Yeah. Um, so in my blog I realized I just decided not to tell you that in my blog <laughs> just so you know this amazing blog that you have it's mine <laughs> well it's, it's your um, it's your time you know this is uh, this is all about you not about me so thank you. Uh, I'm happy for you to take ownership of this this interview so. <laughs> thanks so yeah I've, I've made my way through kind of everything I wanted to ask you um, and you know you give us a great answer so thanks for all the, the insight into to various things and uh, sounds like you've got a plan of some sort, which which is great, and uh, I hope you're complete, fully successful in it. I really do. Uh, hope to see you cropping up in all different other things that I watch, which is quite a lot. So you know, um, chances are, if you want to play a supervillain in, in the Flash, then I'll be watching you know, that kind of thing. Okay, great. <laughs> great. I'll give you a heads up if I do. <laughs> yeah, do that. Yeah, so I can say I, I talked to this person, and now they're going to be, you know, waving their arms around and doing. <laughs> She's going to be on set, like acting really cold because she's so shy but like <laughs> <laughs> really yeah. awkward on set all the time 
So on that subject, we always ask a really cheesy question around here uh, to finish off. Um, what superpower would you have and why? I really think I just want to be invisible because I love what I want to be able to do because everything I've learned in life is that everything is easier than you think it is. And that like the difference is just, you just have to do it or so why I want to be invisible is that I want to go like, if there's certain people who are succeeding at certain things, I get fascinated with like, how are they doing it? And so one of the reasons I got into headshot photography was I was the worst at having my own photo taken. And I was like, I need to start taking people's photos. So I know what they're doing to make it look so easy and all their photos look good. And like kind of how I told you about when I was in New York and I saw that like these people are just real people and realizing I can do it too. And like, I want to have that power for every aspect of life where I could just be that like fly on the wall and be like, what are they doing? And then take that and use it for myself. Kind of like, I want to get have a superpower to try and take everyone else's superpower. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's just greedy. Yeah, it's just greedy. But I mean, like, to do good for the world, of course. Of yeah. course. Um, of course, if you were the only person that had superpowers, you wouldn't have any powers to take, so that'd be a problem. Well, I would be the ultimate power, so <laughs> what's wrong with that? Yeah. Um, the invisibility one would be good because you could put your... Uh, Put your auditions to the top of the pile, and then let you know. I think that's. I didn't want to say that, but that's the only reason I want to be invisible. I mean. <laughs> well, there's, there's all sorts of advantages, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm leaving out the kind of perverted ones, but obviously yeah. that would be part of it. But <laughs> I'm trying to make it just sound like I want to be a bigger, better person, and so I want to watch other people. But like, yeah, I definitely, if I'm invisible, I'm taking advantage of all of that. I'm deleting other people's auditions. I'm spying on people in their private moments. Like, yes. 100%. Leaving out the perverted ones is probably a good idea for Hollywood at this point in time, I would imagine. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so <laughs> not time. <laughs> it's not the time to be perverted, guys, okay? <laughs> guys and gals, but, like, it is not the time. Well, it's been, it's been great having you on. Uh, thanks so much for, for coming on to talk. It's been, it's been great, as I said, and I really hope that you succeed in everything you want to do for the future, and I will look out to see if I can see Archie it does intrigue me. I like to see Michael J. Fox voicing a dog. Oh, he's so great. I think you'll enjoy it. He's really funny in it. So yeah, thank you for having me on here. Thanks for having me on the Neil Before blog. You're very welcome. That was my interview with Farah Aviva. I'd like to thank her once again for agreeing to come on for an interview. And on behalf of everyone here, Neil Before blog and Neil Before pod, I wish her all the best in the future. If you like what you heard, then please hit that subscribe button on iTunes, YouTube, or any major podcasting app. And join us on the next Neil Before pod.